Hello guys and welcome to the Health Evolved Mastermind. It is the 31st of May and today I'm going to be talking about how to lose 30 pounds in 60 days. Now admittedly this is a clickbaity title and the reason for that is I saw a post on Facebook and it was this exact question. And there was, I think, 250 comments, not, not like comments and replies, like pure comments from unique users uh, answering this. And essentially the, the answers were not amusing and made me feel angry and want to spend the next week replying to everyone. But I refrained, wrote a comedy response on Facebook and refrain from posting that. So instead, I'm going to rant at you guys and make it useful. So today I'm going to talk about how to lose 30 pounds in 60 days. Now, you know, I'm sure you can guess what a lot of the answers were. A combination of keto, fasting, carnivore, um, but, you know, various combinations of all of this, training twice a day, like all this kind of stuff. And undoubtedly, all of these things work. However, they're all frameworks. They all sit atop the fundamentals. And look, you know, we're a fan of fasting. If you want to fast, then fast. But you still need to know about calories. You still need to know how fasting works. You need to know that if you fast and then rebound the next day, then perhaps fasting isn't for you. So frameworks are fine, but they sit atop the fundamentals. If you miss the fundamentals, then these are the equivalent of fumbling through a maze blindfolded. A few people will get through, most people won't. So at a high level, what is wrong with these approaches? <laughs> In short, they're not sustainable, which I've already covered. It means that you're not going to be able to uh, do, do it long term. You're not going to be able to do it long term. You're going to rely on willpower. And once you reach your goal and or crash, then you're going to rebound with a vengeance. Now, we talk about the behavior change curve a lot in uh, Health Evolved. And the reason for that is that this is key to identity shift. And the, uh, the behavior change curve is an exponential curve, which means it's flat at the start and then it starts to pick up speed and then you get almost like an inflection point and it goes exponential, almost vertical. Now, the, the beginning part is flat, which means it feels like nothing is happening. So you need to stay on a course for a long time to see the results. And we use you know, initial fat loss or initial shorter term goals to motivate you past this initial flat bit. But the problem is with using things like keto or carnivore is that you're not building habits because this isn't sustainable. Therefore, you're not moving up the behavior change curve. So if people use something like uh, keto and say, I'm gonna do it with keto and then I'm gonna switch to a more balanced diet afterwards, it doesn't work because you've not built any behavior and habits and you're expecting to basically overnight suddenly be okay and, and have figured it out, even though you've not done it for the last six months because you've been doing keto. So that's the real issue with things which aren't sustainable is you're not building habits, you're not moving up the behavior change curve, you're not compounding your interest. It's like saying, I'm going to store my money under my bed and then in 10 years, I'm going to put it in a, you know, a 10% return savings account. It's like, well, that's great. But if you put it in there after 10 years, you're not gaining any interest. 
you need to put it in at the beginning. You need to let that interest accumulate. You need to start moving up the curve. You need to let the compounding of habits in this case happen. So number one thing which is wrong with these approaches, they're not sustainable. Number two, they're too restrictive. And I did a talk, I can't remember, it wasn't last week, it was the week before, on disordered eating and the symptoms of disordered eating. And actually, if you list off the symptoms of disordered eating, you're welcome to Google them to check it out. You'll actually see a list of essentially rules for keto or carnivore um, or any other fad diet. And inevitably, when something is too restrictive, yes, you're gonna to push towards disordered eating, and two, you're relying on willpower. And you're not only relying on willpower, but you need willpower to succeed 24 seven. You can't have willpower for 23 hours and then for one hour not have willpower. Because during that hour, because of all this disordered eating, pent up cravings that you've built up, you're gonna rebound hard. And if you rebound one hour in every 24, you're gonna fail. And not only are you gonna fail, but you're gonna probably be in a worse place than when you started. There's gonna be anxiety, shame, guilt, and um, you're gonna give up and you're gonna build this identity of failure. So all in all, it's not a good idea to be overly restricted, which is why we do what we do and how we do. And I'll explain how we do it. Next, another reason why these are, these are not great, these approaches, is the good and bad dichotomy that they build, the false dichotomy that they build. These foods are good, these foods are bad. Here's a very arbitrary surface level reason for that. You have to believe it, which instantly says the, the bad foods are not good, which means then you've got guilt, you've got shame, you've got anxiety associated with eating the bad foods. Now, inevitably, the bad foods are super tasty and Generally speaking, people don't plan on giving them up forever. So when you do eventually go back to pizza or donuts or whatever, or cookies, not only have you basically pent up six months of guilt and anxiety associated with these foods, but you're also going to overeat them. Then causing this self-fulfilling prophecy of this is a bad food. I ate seven pizzas and now I got fat. It's not the pizza that made you fat. It's the fact that you ate seven of them. And actually, if you ate that many calories in chicken and broccoli, you would also get fat. But you've never considered chicken and broccoli a bad food and never refrained from it for so long to allow it to build up. And to be fair, they're not like and like. You know, it's the magical combination of carbs and fats or fats and sugar, really, which, you know, really is hyper palatable or super tasty in common English, which causes a lot of the overeating. But you don't want to add to that chemically engineered hyper palatability by also depriving yourself of it long term, categorizing it as bad. Adam and Eve didn't do so well with the whole forbidden fruit thing. And then being surprised when you've essentially yeah, got disordered eating and you're in a worse place than when you started. So why would you inflict that on yourself? We've talked about anxiety and shame and also a lot of these methods don't use data. That's the lazy way. Like if you want to achieve anything decent in life, you need to know what's going on. You need to know the dates. You need to have a handle on this approach. And you're thinking, oh, I can just cut out carbs and, and everything will be fine. It's like saying, oh, I'm just going to build a business. I'll just, you know, buy lottery tickets. Great. That's not going to work. There's one person who it worked for and they, they have this survivorship bias where they kind of tell everyone and everyone's like, oh yeah, I could win the lottery and then that, that would be great. It's exactly the same with... um. With, with cutting out food groups. Like it works for one person and then they're the, the person who's plastered all over social media and you think it's possible. It, generally, it doesn't work. It does for some people, I'm open to that, but for most of us, it just doesn't work. And also the other thing is when you do plaster someone all over social media, what you don't often see is the after after. 
which is another story altogether. So data is super important. Most of these methods don't use data. When Ironically, when you use data, you can be more flexible. You can uh, limit disordered eating more because you can have more food, you can have more variety than just having to stick to these arbitrary rules, which mean nothing. And then the last reason is uh, that the, these approaches aren't great is it's an all or nothing approach. It's either you're on or you're off. It's either you're, you're good or you're bad. It's you're, you're on plan or you're having a cheat day, which again is, is a huge sign, red flag for disordered eating. Um, and, and all of these encourage it because there's a plan to be on. Whereas what we say is, look, there is no plan, it's life. So if you smash a buffet at a hotel, you're not off plan, you're just choosing to smash a buffet in a hotel. And let's talk about it on the coaching call. Let's talk about why, why you did that, whether you enjoyed it, whether you're gonna do that again next time, how you can improve next time to make the experience better for you. Um, and let's let's keep living life. Let's keep optimizing life instead of, oh, I was on plan and then I was off plan, which as we know, just doesn't work. So there's multiple reasons why any of the methods, 90% of the comments which I saw on the post were, were wrong. So you can see why I was getting angry because uh, for all those reasons, essentially, these methods just don't work. They're not great. They actually put you in a worse place. And a lot of the people recommending them hadn't particularly succeeded with them themselves. So it just made no sense. So how do we do it in, in Health Evolved? And why is our approach better? And then I'll go on to how to lose 30 pounds in 60 days, because that would just be horrible if I didn't tell you actually how to do it. So how do we do it? Um, we use the Health Evolved method, which has been refined over a long time, specifically to get you from A to B as quickly as possible, as effectively as possible, while moving you up the behavior change curve, and also uh, making the journey as interesting and as exciting as possible while empowering you to be able to do it long-term. The first step, of the Health Evolved method is identifying the minimum viable intervention required to make progress, which is the raw energy balance equation. How many calories over a week do you need to consume to start making progress towards your goal? And we'll balance that with an amount of activity that you're doing right now. So no crazy optimizations or anything, just raw, as most foundational as possible but you're progressing, you're dropping a pound or two a week. Once you've identified the physiological blueprint, as we call it, this basic minimum viable intervention, then we can start to optimize it or consider optimizing it because actually we don't need to optimize it to make progress. We're already making progress, but people like to optimize. And there's two ways to optimize. One is for hunger levels so that you're not hungry, for enjoyment levels so you're enjoying your food, enjoying the diet and uh, energy levels so that you can function at a high level you can train hard you can spend time with the kids and with friends you can play a pickup game of uh, basketball you can uh, train effectively i don't know if i said that um, and you can run your business you can enjoy life so these things are super super important and that's what we tend to optimize for and then some people want to optimize for other things protein intake vegetables uh, whatever else. And we can also optimize for those things. But the key here is to recognize optimization as a slider, which means you don't need to optimize. You can just do the basics. You can do the 80-20. You can do the physiological blueprint. And then if you feel ready, if you feel up for it, you push the optimization slider to the right. You ramp up the optimization. And then the key is that when shit hits the fan again, when life happens, you ramp the optimization slider right back down and you just keep making progress on the bare minimum because this is life, this is what happens. And this is where a lot of these other approaches don't work because there's no slider, it's black or white, it's on or off, it just doesn't work like that. 
So then when we've got resilience, we've got the physiological blueprint step one, we've got optimization step two, and then we've got resilience. And what resilience is, is adapting to lifestyle situations, which is travel, which is social occasions, weddings, birthdays, vacations, random invitations to go and have a burger and beer, whatever it is that life throws at you. And again, these things aren't incorporated into keto fasting or carnivore. If you're in the middle of a seven day fast and someone asks you to go for a burger, it's black or white, you can't go. And if you do go, then you're off plan and then you eat seven burgers because you haven't eaten anything for four days or you've cut out carbs and you haven't had bread for you know, two weeks. So it instantly flips and either you don't have fun, you don't enjoy it because you, you don't partake or you go off track and then you don't enjoy it anyway because no one enjoys their seventh burger. No one enjoys that. It hurts. It's not pleasant. You're doing it out of rebound. You're not doing it out of true choice. Um, and then add in all the anxiety, shame, and uh, guilt associated with, with the, the craziness, and it's not good. So anyway, resilience is about learning how to deal with these situations as part of life. So whatever happens the first time you experience something new, that is life. That's on plan. That's exactly what was supposed to happen. And then we reflect on it. We can improve on it. We can grow. Uh, and then the final step of the health evolved method is evolution. So that is once you kind of reach your initial goal, we can start to direct you to the next level, which is it might be muscle gain. It might be more fat loss. It might be just enjoying your life while being in shape. Awesome. That's a great goal. That's what I'm embracing right now. And that's a valid, valid thing. And again, this isn't possible with keto carnival, whatever. Uh, some people claim that they enjoy it. And look, to be honest, if you enjoy it, then you can disregard all of this. If you enjoy it and you've been running it for years and you, you love it and you don't have disordered eating, be my guest. I, I literally, honestly have no objection. But in my experience, this is very rare. So, you know, for, for most people, these aren't hugely, hugely appropriate. So that's the high level summary of the Health Evolves method. And very specifically in terms of avoiding all the bullshit associated with other frameworks. We, we don't restrict food. We're very careful with our language about good or bad food. We call you out when you talk to yourself in the wrong way. We had someone recently who, you know, had a bad week in inverted commas because, you know, they had a burger, but they dropped two pounds. So it's like, I mean, why is that bad? Because you've been indoctrinated, indoctrinated to think that a burger is bad. But actually, if you're having a burger, you're hitting your protein, you're hitting your calories, you're eating enough vegetables and fiber, and you're making progress and you're having a burger, actually that burger is a plus. That's a huge positive because it was social, it was interesting, it was tasty. This is great. Let's let's do more of that, please. So essentially, we're very careful with how we talk about food. And that is important because how we talk about food, how we talk to ourselves, how we talk to others is how we talk to our subconscious. And over time that builds up and that then becomes how we think about things. So we need to be very careful when we do talk about this, which is why we call you out incessantly. Um, we don't use methods which are not sustainable. We actively encourage you guys from using those methods. Again, they've been indoctrinated from previous diet culture and, and the modern world. We, we try and beat those out of you. Um, and we also empower you with knowledge. There's no secret formulas. There's no the magic of insulin or anything like that. It's just, look, these are the facts. You've got the data in front of you. You're intelligent people. You can read the data. You can see exactly what's going on. You can make adjustments. You can question us. You can argue with us. And you can let us know if you disagree with us and we'll have a very healthy debate and look if there's a better way of doing things we're super open to it because you know both dan and i um and will who's coming on as well we we use these methods for ourselves like 
this is our life. We, we live it. So if there are better ways, we're going to use it. Like we're not just coaching you some, some side method. This is, this is literally what we do. So always up for healthy debate, always up for, you know, improvement and growth. So please, please do disagree with us. Do discuss it with us because then you have more buy-in and then you are more empowered. And, you know, we, we empower you with data because then you can see what's going on. And once you can see what's going on, you can see, all right, this is what I need to drop weight. This is what I need to maintain weight. This is what I need to gain weight. And on top of that data, we also monitor your symptoms of dieting. We keep a track on whether you're struggling, whether you're motivated, whether you're getting too hungry, whether you're you know, overthinking about food. Um, so we can address that early. And then over time, we, we start to incorporate more flexibility. And some of you will already have experienced this, but we start to pull tracking or make tracking less strict or remove the tools that we've used to get you to your goal as quickly as possible. So we kind of have this big old comprehensive process where we get you to your goal as quickly as possible through the four steps. And then we are very careful not to break you in that process and basically do the exact opposites of all the other methods which people are recommending on this post. And actually we often have to unpick a lot of the damage done from people's 17 attempts doing keto and it's hard but that's our kind of unnegotiable, non-negotiable goal. That's the wrong way of doing it. And then we've, I've explained the right way of doing it. The big question, can you lose 30 pounds in 60 days? Let me just do the math. So 60 divided by seven is, is about three and a half pounds a week. So, you know, can you lose 30 pounds in 60 days? Yes, probably. Can you do it with those methods? Yes, if you're in sufficient calorie deficit, then you may well lose a large amount of weight in 60 days, three and a half pounds a week. Now, if you're big, like if you are if you have a very high body fat percentage, a very large amount of fat to lose, sorry, that's my chair, then you'll, you have more chance of losing this because you're losing a percentage of your body weight each week. Obviously, if you're 120 pounds soaking wet, you're highly unlikely to be able to lose 60 pounds in 30 days. And actually, for most of you guys, you're unlikely to lose that weight. But for, for bigger guys, then yes, or girls, actually, then yes, this is possible. And, you know, a lot of the methods, keto, fasting, carnivore, you can lose five to 10 pounds in the first week because, I mean, fasting especially, you're, you're pooping out everything in your guts. You're not really replacing it. You're dropping muscle glycogen. You're not putting any other food in your tummy. There's no salt to hold water. So you're... you're essentially emptying out it's almost you know people do like uh what are they colonic irrigation irrigation and stuff like that you don't lose weight doing that you i mean sorry you do lose weight doing that you literally lose shit you don't lose body fat doing those things um and sweating is another one actually you don't lose body fat when you sweat you just lose sweat which then you gain back when you drink water so you know this is how to lose 30 pounds in 60 days you can lose that weight but is that fat less likely and things like keto fasting carnivore, fasting the most then keto and carnivore to a lesser degree, will all cause big old drops in the first week. A lot of you guys probably experienced the big drop in the first week, even doing it our kind of moderate way. But it's even more pronounced with, with keto fasting and carnivore. And then yes, if you're in enough of a calorie deficit, then all those methods will work to drop a load of weight. It'll be miserable, it'll be difficult, it'll, be, it'll just be horrible. And then once you reach your goal, First, when you start eating normally again, you'll regain that five, 10 pounds, which you lost for free at the beginning as your gut fills up with shit again. You eat salt, it holds water, your muscles fill up with glycogen and the associated water. 
So that comes back straight away. And then because you've been restricting for so long, you'll rebound like hell, doing these super restrictive ways. And it, remember, the extra restriction is, is pointless. Like these aren't magical. They, they work because of a calorie deficit. So keto and, and carnivore, for example, if you ate maintenance calories, which you guys would know because of your data, then you wouldn't lose body fat. It just wouldn't go. Forget insulin. It makes no difference. You, you would maintain. And I've done an experiment personally where I, I went keto for five weeks. I did finger prick keto blood measurements and I measured to see what happens to my weight. And I kept my calories the same because I had years of data and my weight didn't drop. Surprise, surprise, because I kept my calories the same. So these methods work through calorie deficit and inevitably by getting rid of a load of junk food, then your calories will go down. So the real question here is, can the health evolved method cause you to lose 30 pounds in 60 days? I mean, yes, it can. You just need to be in a very, very severe calorie deficit. And unfortunately, the more severe the calorie deficit, the more risk you have of all of these issues surrounded with disordered eating. And we'll do everything in our power to limit those. But ultimately, a super low calorie diet, which is essentially what you would need to do, would be not sustainable, too restrictive. Um, you'd have obsession with food. There would probably be anxiety, shame and guilt associated with um, eating more than whatever, 600 calories a day. Um, we would use data and there wouldn't be the good and bad dichotomy, but you would probably be eating super clean because your calories are so low. You need it just for the nutrition. So you probably won't be able to eat you know, normally. You certainly wouldn't be able to eat out, uh, out. And again, it's an all or nothing approach. So even our method, but going super low calories has a lot of negatives and we can't, well, I mean, almost certainly we can't balance those out. So the kind of analogy that I use is this pendulum theory. You know, you've spent your kind of whole life slowly gaining body fat. The pendulum is kind of pushing in one direction and you need to reverse that. So you need to push the other way. And that's what a calorie deficit is. That's what weighing daily is. That's what tracking your intake is. Now, ideally, we don't want to push the pendulum too far the other way because then it'll come swinging back and that's what's known as rebound. And keto, carnivore, super low calorie diets, all that kind of stuff, push the pendulum loads in the kind of fat loss direction. Ironically, even if you're not losing fat, it'll push the pendulum a lot just because of the restriction, which means as soon as you stop, that pendulum will swing back and way into rebound. So as I said, what we aim to do is not pull the pendulum back so it doesn't swing the other way once you finish. But if you go on a super low calorie diet, even with our meth methods and our best efforts, then inevitably the pendulum will swing um, back and you will be much more likely to rebound. So the big question, can you lose 30 pounds in 60 days? Probably. Do keto fasting carnivore do that? Yes, probably. But one, a lot of that is probably not fat and two, it's very, very likely to come back on. And three, it's all working because of a calorie deficit anyway. Can you do it in a better way? Yes, you can do it like through a measured calorie deficit. Is that ideal? Absolutely not, because it's still going to be a lot of restriction, not sustainable, and then all the other negatives which I've spoken about. So generally speaking, and this is a lot of what we say with kind of goals is look, the goal is, is less important than the process and uh, lifestyle that you build during it. Like if you lose four pounds in 60 days, but you build an ironclad lifestyle, great habits, then actually you only need to lose that weight once. And once you get to your goal, you'll be in an amazing place. That's infinitely more valuable 
than hammering it and rebounding. And the problem is with entrepreneurs, no offense, myself included, is that we are arrogant. We think we can do it. We think we're special. We think we can drop 30 pounds in 60 days because we're fucking heroes. And frankly, we can't. I've tried it many times. It doesn't, I'm not specifically that, but I've tried the kind of, I'm a hero. I can do whatever the hell I want. And I suffer the consequences. And one in a million people will succeed and, and manage to not rebound. And then we'll use that as evidence that, it, that it's possible. It's like, all right, fine. But, you know, so is winning the lottery. It's not a good idea to base a strategy on. So I highly recommend that you do not try and do dumb shit like this, even as an experiment. Like I did keto as an experiment and I rebounded after five weeks of doing it. And I didn't lose any weight. I just rebounded because I restricted ice cream for five weeks. So there are consequences to this. And if you're kind of, you know, true self-experimenter and you, you, you're you happy to deal with the consequences, then be my guest. But please don't do it with us because it's generally not pleasant coming out the other end. So that is a high-level overview of how to lose 30 pounds in 60 days. And just to say, you know, I saw the post. I didn't reply I'm not going to reply. I, I, I've got nothing against the people who commented. It's just a real shame that I can't help them. It's a real shame that they won't listen if I tried. But if you do know people who are like that, then you know, send them our way because one-on-one -on -one we do have a small chance of of helping them through, you know, intensive guidance, you know, gaining buy-in through through them seeing progress with more, you know, sustainable, healthy, enjoyable methods. And eventually, one by one, we can convert people. But generally on a mass scale, especially on social media, it just doesn't work. So that is how to drop 30 pounds in 60 days. Thank you so much. And any questions, as always, hit me up, let me know. And I will catch you guys next week.